So welcome back, welcome back. I'm your host, Missy Lewis. Welcome back to Black Girl Coffee Shop, where we sip coffee and not tea. Thank you for joining me once again. If you haven't already, go ahead and um, follow on Spotify and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We are also on Google Podcasts and many more. And you can also follow me on IG at Black Girl Coffee Shop Podcast or my personal page, which is Thick Fit Chick One. So go ahead and do that. And so I I did okay. Let me make this as gentle as possible. So I started this episode a while ago, and I never published it. I did one like this, but I never published it because I, I just, you know, I was trying to like, sometimes I want to be in a phase of, in a state, I guess you want to, sometimes people want to be, and a lot of black people, we want to be in a state of, if we can just push past it, we won't have to realize the reality of it. So we can just push through and think about a different topic or something else because the harsh reality of the things that are going on in this world is just mind blowing. You know what I'm saying? Like, and to sit and think about it and is, is it, it's almost like sometimes I don't think you can, but I, I, I think it's just a harsh reality that sometimes you don't want to deal with. So maybe I didn't publish it. And then the one, the one episode that I did do once, um, Ahmaud Arbery was killed, I listened to it again and it, I was spitting straight venom. Like, I was spitting straight venom. So, this time around, I want to make sure that um, what I'm trying to say is conveyed. And I'm speaking from my heart, from, you know, from my head, and just clear. But that the, the episode I, I didn't publish, that was straight venom. Like, it was, I was so angry in my soul. And I'm still angry, but I want to be able to articulate myself a little bit better than that one. Because that one was just straight fire so I just thought I would put together a couple things real quick um and I don't want to I don't I think where I want to start is I'm I'm really tired of the hashtags I'm really sick and tired of the hashtags I'm really tired of us becoming hashtags us as black people we become hashtags I don't want anybody anybody I don't want anyone in my family to become a become a hashtag I don't want to become a hashtag like this is ridiculous I, I can't and maybe I'm not aware of but I, I can't recall any other hashtags that aren't black people I don't I can't see any when I Google something or when something happens is there are only black people hashtags. It's only African-American black people, whatever you want to call yourself, that are becoming hashtags of police brutality and the injustices of the world. And I'm so tired of seeing them. So I'm going to bring these people to life. We're not just going to be a hashtag and keep moving on. So I'm going to go ahead and start with Emmett Till. So Emmett Lewis Till was 14 years old. He was born July 25th, 1941 and died August 28th, 1955. The people that killed him were acquitted. They did the most heinous things you can do to a 12 year old. Um, gouged out his eyes, uh, mutilated his genitals. Basically he looked unrecognizable when they found him. His mother um, wanted an open casket so that people can see 
And I think that was the bravest thing that she could have done. So people can see what was done to her son for generations and generations to come. And there's times where I look at that. I, I, I go back every time something happens and I look at Emmett Till's face, um, the picture that they took of him in that coffin. And it, it, it makes you realize that there is evil in this world. It makes you realize that that is what happened to him. Because when we cover it up and we want to make everything so pretty and stuff like that, she, I feel like it took a lot of guts for her to actually do that. And she said that, and I watched the documentary of her and she basically said she wanted to people to see what they had done to her son. And they were acquitted. They were somewhat tried and, you know, it was like a joke and they were acquitted. And later on, generations later, the woman that accused him of whistling at her, that's what they... So the, a woman, a, a white woman, a Caucasian woman accused Emmett Till of whistling at her and doing other gestures. Um, that never happened. She made the whole thing. It was all false. When she got into her, her later years, she um, basically recanted everything that she said. It was all lies. And they went and ripped this man, ripped this little boy. He was 14 years old, ripped this little boy from his I believe he was visiting his family because he was from Chicago and he was visiting his, his family down in the South and they ripped him from his uncle's house and drug him away. And there was nothing the uncle could do at the time because these, these white women, these white men came into the house, toting weapons and took this little boy and treated him like he was a grown man and treated him not even as a man, as a human being and basically mutilated him and killed him. And that was Emmett Lewis Till. We will not be hashtags anymore. These are real people. Let's keep going. So you have Sandra Blanche. She was 28 years old and she was found. She was found. They said it was a suicide, but she was hanging. She was found hung in her prison cell, not even a prison jail in um, Waller County in Texas. And that was July 13th, 2015. She was born in. February 7th, 1987. I was born in 1987. Um, she was stopped at a routine traffic stop and where they put her under arrest and she never made it home. They said that she committed suicide in, in the jail cell. I believe that to be false. Just watching some of her videos and some of her lives and stuff like that, I just don't believe that she killed herself in jail. Um, yeah, 1987, she was born in 1987 and she died July, July 13th, 2015, Sandra Bland, 28 years old. That, that, and that just goes to show, like, I felt like before, and if you think about in, during black people's enslavement. Black women weren't really killed as far as I'm, we were, we were raped. We were baby making machines. We were raped. Um, we were mutilated. They mutilated our genitals. Um, they experimented on us, but for that to happen, Sandra Bland, that kind of just, it shook the whole world. She was murdered, but they covered it up. It was definitely a cover up. I don't care what anybody says. Um, Yeah. And that, I think the the Sandra Bland case stayed with me for such a long time. It's still with me. It's just, it's crazy. It's absolutely nuts to me. Like, I, I can't even wrap my mind around it. Like, and then you can see the pictures. I don't know if they're correct or not, or if they've been altered, but there was a picture that where it, 
they said that she was taking her mugshot picture, but her eyes weren't, she was all, she was all lethargic. And I'm like, what could she have gotten from the time she in processed into the prison to going into her cell that made her lethargic? Maybe a couple hits to the head. Not sure. I guess this is all speculation because they ruled it a suicide and there was never a trial and no one was, you know. So we're going to keep on moving along. We have Tamir Rice. Tamir Rice was killed November November 22nd, 2014 in Cleveland, Ohio. He was killed by a police officer who thought that a toy gun was a real gun. Not to mention he's 12 years old. He was 12 years old. So even if you... Because, you know, children today um, might look a little bit older than what they really are. But, okay, let me understand this. If you are a police officer and you are put into a neighborhood that you are supposed to be watching, if you feel like this is a predominantly black neighborhood and you can't be in that neighborhood because you are scared of black people or Hispanic people, you need not wear the uniform. And I say that from, I say that because I'm somebody who wears a uniform. I wear a military uniform and if I've been to Afghanistan and if I go to Afghanistan, there are rules of engagement. If I go to Afghanistan and I see, I see an Afghani or I go to Iraq and see an Iraqi and I just start shooting them because I'm scared. There's been many, there's, there was times where I was overseas and I was nervous and I, I had an Afghani coming towards me. You, it doesn't give you the right because all I know is what I've seen on TV and um, this has happened and 9-11 and stuff like that. Everything in me could be like, oh my gosh, he's about to do something to do something to me. But if you are not able to judge people as individuals and you want to judge people as from what you've seen or you're too scared to do your job, don't put on the uniform. Don't put on the uniform. This was a 12-year-old boy that was killed, Tamir Rice. There was a... Um, there was no convictions and there was a settlement of $6 million that was given to the family. And not to mention, are you, you're shooting to kill? So you see somebody with a weapon because you fully, when you, when you sign on as a police officer, you really fully understand that this is a situation. Just like when you sign up to go to the military, you fully understand that you can be in Afghanistan. So don't, don't raise your hand. Don't sign papers. Don't, don't go for a job that you cannot do. You know what I'm saying? That you cannot do. If you don't feel like you can be in those, those situations. Like, absolutely ridiculous. So where, why was there no warning shots when it came to Tamir Rice? Why wasn't he shot in the leg or something? Or not, I mean, let's say you was just scared. He looked older than what he was. You couldn't see the weapon. Whatever situation may be. Why was it shoot to kill? Because if I go, like I said, if I go to Afghanistan and I shoot an Afghani and I kill them, there's a whole trial. I could end up at Leavenworth doing 25 to life. There was a sergeant that just got out 2019 or 18 who was convicted for killing an Afghani who was going to kill his whole squad. He just got out because they reviewed the case, but he was going to do 25 to life for killing an Afghani. And I'm not saying that... Um, I'm not saying anything has to, anything uh, bad about Afghani, Afghani people, Iraqi people, anything like that. But if we're going to say that, oh, they have a reputation of doing this and people are so scarred from 9-11, like it's just whatever the news feeds people, that's what they believe. And then they get scared. 
Don't do the job if you can't do the job. Okay, we're going to move right along. Um, this is a different type of case. He, uh, there's also a um, there's a documentary. And I want to make His name is Khalif Browner. Browner. He wasn't killed. He committed suicide. But the, the actions that... The things that happened to him and the injustices that happened to him, they broke him down. If you haven't already watched the, the um, documentary on Netflix, and I believe that Jay-Z um, executive produced it, and it's Khalif Bronner. I want to make sure I'm saying his name right. I watched that documentary. I watched it one time. Sometimes you only need to watch something one time. Um, especially like... Um, like when they see us, I only watched that one time. There's only certain things I could watch one time. But um basically he fit he was walking home, he fit a description of somebody that stole the backpack. Um he was held in jail with he was held in jail without a trial or bail for three years on Rikers Island. And he was a teenager. Um imagine being a teenager on Rikers Island. Um, yeah, he was, he was held, he was held for three years without being convicted of any crime. So where do we do that at? Like, where does that happen? I'm not even understanding how that happens. So what happened is like, how was the, what's, what's the justice system? It, it, I guess it wasn't made for us because. When you come, there's a lot of, there's a, it, it, it happens a lot because, because when you come from a certain walk of life or you come from a certain economic background, if you're bail, you can be like, you could just be walking down the street and it was like, oh, you look, you match the profile that we're trying to bring you up on charges. It is what it is. But if you come from a, a certain economic background and your bail is set at $2,000, your family doesn't have $2,000 to just go down there and get you out. Your family doesn't have thousands of dollars sitting around to get a lawyer you got a public defender and the system was rigged it was set up and this man spent three years in rockers island and in 2000 he died december uh, i'm sorry he died june 6 2015 from a suicide he hung himself out of his mom's window because he had been sitting he he had been beaten up so much in rockers island they put him in solitary confinement imagine being in a room for 23 hours a day by yourself Getting beat up by the um, the COs and the inmates. It took a toll on his mind. And people want to be like, oh, well, maybe he will. He even got out. When he did get out, he did go to, I believe it was Bronx, the Bronx Community College and received his associate's degree. But he ultimately committed suicide on June 6, 2015 because of all the torture and stuff that he went through in life. Um, his mom felt guilty because she couldn't get him out. They didn't have the money. So imagine sitting in jail, sitting in prison, sitting on Rutgers Island for three years trying to fight charges when you don't have anything to fight it with. Like you don't have a lawyer. You got a public offender who's public. You got a public defender who probably thinks you're guilty and is just trying to get paid. 
are basically just trying to get their bars up because you know if I can do you know basically trying to fill their resume um but yeah so they may not have killed him directly but they definitely killed him indirectly because if you watch that documentary you'll see exactly what I'm talking about the feeling that he felt you can feel it like I can't even I can't really describe it like it, it is crazy it is absolutely nuts um but that don't that would that could never happen to a white man. That could never happen to a white teenager. That would never happen to a white teenager. This happened to a black teenager who grew up and spent three years in isolation. Because it was either it was either isolation or getting beat up by COs and inmates. But sometimes I feel like the world thinks that we are we can we can tolerate pain like just inflict the pain on the black people just inflict pain on people of color because they can tolerate it and we become they become desensitized to our sensitivity we have become desensitized to our own selves we have become desensitized to our brother and our sister that look like us we are desensitized we have become that way and even the fact that seeing certain things are traumatic when you go on to facebook and you go on to um instagram and you see that man putting his knee on the back of that man's neck. That is traumatic as a black person. That is traumatic because that is a black man who had no control. So it, it is, it is, I can't even, I can't like, okay, so now I'm starting to feel it. So it is a way, it is mind control. It is informative because it's something that we needed to see because otherwise just he say, she say. But you know what that picture says to every black boy? You know what that picture says to every black man, every black woman? It says that they can kill us and get away with it. They can Stand on the back of your neck, kneel on the back of your neck and get away with it. It embeds fear into us. It embeds anxiety into us. Anxiety is, we're already predisposed to anxiety. So if you're a black person out there and you're like, I don't have anxiety, you just don't know you do. Because I, even when I was a teenager and that's when I felt like I really understood, I go into this beauty supply store, I got to make sure I never wanted to make sudden movements where it would look like something was going into my pocket. You know what I'm saying? Because I already know how this is going to go and I already know that they're watching me because I am black. But then you are, you have a beauty supply store that caters to black people, but that's a whole nother story. And black folks, we need to come up with our own beauty supply stores. We need to be in our own um, pocket. Like we need to be putting money in our own pocket because what are we doing? You can see that the damn um, Chinese people don't kick the Africans out in China because of the, the coronavirus. But we want to sit here and spend all this money and give them all our money for weaves and stuff. We need to get our own bag. We need to get our own system. We need to get our own bag. And we need to get our own products. Source. We need to freaking manufacture our own hair and do our own thing, honestly. Because that's like a billion dollar business and we're not getting rich off of it. We're just looking cute, supposedly. But I don't want to get off topic. Y'all know where I, I be going on my rants, but we got to do better, especially when it comes to beauty supply. Um, all right, move on to well-known. This, this, this trial was something else. Um, Trayvon Martin. So Trayvon Martin was a 17-year-old young man that was walking home. He went to get him some Skittles and the Arizona tea. He was born February 5th, 1995, and he was murdered and died 
February 26, 2012. That was about eight years ago. Um, and George Zimmerman, which everybody knows, I don't even need to, I don't even need the paper that I'm reading off of. Um, that was George Zimmerman. He was acquitted. So, okay, like, I'm just curious. And I, I, I guess I'm stating the obvious. So when can we be a black man who's out just surveillance, doing surveillance around the neighborhood, see a white boy in a hoodie and just do all this extra stuff and get away with it? That could never happen in America. That would never happen. That's why people are so bent out of shape with the whole OJ trial. Because this, this, this black man, quote unquote, I don't know. We still don't know. He was acquitted for killing this white woman. But you best believe they was going to find a way to get him. OJ did what, about 10, 15 years in jail? But I want to get off topic. But when, when can there be a black woman that wants to, uh, a black man, a black, a black man who wants to play rent-a-cop and tackle down a white young man? Kill him and get away with it. Like, I'm just reading facts. Like, this is nothing but brain food right here. Like, this is straight brain food because, like, just think about it. I don't think, I don't even know. Like, is this world even made for us? Are we supposed to be? Like, and I'm not saying, um, it's just a hard pill to swallow. And people are like, well, we've come, we come far from where we used to be from the 60s. But at the same time, like, why are we still, why is it still an issue? Why are we still being treated like this? Like, because if that was the case, I know why we're being treated like this. We're being treated like this because I feel like we are feared and not feared as in we're going to kill somebody. We are feared as in we are packed. The black community, the black people, African-American people are packed full of potentials potential impact full of everything that almost every race lacks we are culture we are the standard we are we are so much so if you can if you can rig it and make other people believe and make almost ourselves believe that we are the problem and we are the issue on every level and i'm talking about violence the way we our appearance and everything that we do that's the quickest way to bring somebody down. And it's no different than Hitler. Hitler had everyone believing that the Jews were terrible and how, how to get people on your side. The, somebody with a, a high-ranking status, how to get somebody to believe what you believe. How to get rid of these people. Propaganda. How can we get them, how can we basically dismantle them, make them become extinct? But we reproduce too too quick for that anyway. But how can we get the masses on our side? We have to make them the villain. And that's exactly what Hitler did. And that's the way that exactly America works, if you think about it. Everything that we are, as far as black women, black women's um, lips, nose, hips, our shape, our hair, everything has been villainized. It is terrible. It is not the status quo. You have black women who hate themselves. You have black people that hate their skin tone. You have black people that hate their hair. You have everything. You have black people that hate black people. You have black people that don't want to be black. They want to try to fit in. They don't like themselves. We have we have an issue 
we have such an issue because not only are they trying to make us the villain, sometimes we see ourselves as the villain. You have black people out here that just really don't like themselves. So we are so we are so behind if you really think about it, because I feel like in the 60s, they had unity. They understood themselves when they wore their afros. They believed in their beauty. So when you believe in yourself and you can't just say, oh, I believe in myself because I have some I have a degree behind me. I have a Ph.D. behind me. You have to believe in yourself no matter what state you walk out the house. You have to believe in yourself no matter what in order for somebody else to understand. I'm, I'm a force to be reckoned with. But because we have uh, broken ourselves down and, and, and I, I don't want to. I don't want to get off track, but it all goes together because we have broken ourselves down in our appearance. We don't because how do how do you gain? How do you have pride in yourself? How do you have uh, how do you take pride in yourself by taking up pride in your appearance? But if you don't like how you look, it brings you down automatically. It leaves you with a sense of weakness. So we get in there and we, when you can figure out all black women, black people don't like how they look. Black people do this. They do violent. Black are this. Black is that. So when you have women who continuously don't like their hair, don't like their nose, don't like anything about themselves, it breaks. It brings you down and it makes you weaker. But when you stand up and you feel like I am that, you can't break me. And I feel like that. That's what we had. And I feel like not, I mean, I wasn't around in the '60s, but that's what they had in the '60s because people can't shake you when you know who you are. And that's ultimately what I'm trying to say. So we all stood up and believed in ourselves and was willing to be our brother's and sister's keeper. We would be full of greatness. So we couldn't be, you couldn't use all this propaganda against us. You couldn't tell us who we are. You couldn't tell us what we were doing and make things okay and let us be murdered in the street and let it be okay. It all ties together. But because we have been wounded so bad and people are trying to fit in and people are trying to become the status quo and we want to just assimilate, we are weakened by the fact that we don't believe in ourselves. So then it becomes okay for people to sit there and say, oh, he died. It is what it is. That's that's their problem. I have a PhD. I'm doing the right thing. That's not my problem. But I'm telling you, if, if us as black people were uh, working together and we were all on one accord and we didn't have to think about, oh, what did he do? We, we would be we would be a force to be reckoned with. And these and these as I look at this paper and these murders, they would have been had. To, they would have been, people would have been held accountable. You know what I'm saying? People would have been held accountable for their actions. We got a quitting. We got somebody saying it's a suicide. It was, you know what I'm saying? Like, there would have been called to action. There, there would have been some type of, uh, there would have been some type of recourse to these people's action. There would have been some consequences to these people's actions. But because we don't believe in ourselves and we have become weakened and we are not as strong as we should be on every level. And I know people are probably like, well, what is she talking about when it comes to looks? Because when you don't believe in yourself and how you look, you don't, people don't, you ever seen somebody have some type of, this, 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 this swag. They just come in with this swag, their personality. They can't be shook. You, you, people, evil can't seep in. Evil can't seep in. People can't come after you. So because we don't have that same swag that we used to have. It's just like, is black people divided? We don't know how to feel. We're not on the same accord. And that's what I'm saying. And I'm not, I'm not here to bash any type of black people, but I'm saying with 
if we join together, there's power in numbers. That's what I'm trying to say. People need to be held accountable for their actions. So we're going to go on down to Brianna Taylor. So this one was just not too long ago. So Brianna Taylor was killed by the police. Um, they had a no knock warrant. And Brianna Taylor was born June 5th, 1993. And she was murdered March 13th, 2020. She was the EMT. Um, so this is probably the fourth one that I can think of the third or the fourth one that I can think of where somebody was in their home um because somebody didn't do their job correctly on researching if where the warrant belonged to um if they were at the right home evidently that the person that they were looking for was already in custody so imagine um waking up or getting ready for bed and you have your pajamas on and you know, you're with your spouse in the bed and you're about to go to sleep or you're already asleep and you hear all this commotion. Next thing you know, people just bullets just coming in, piercing your body and you're confused on what is going on. You are literally in your pajamas and you feel bullets piercing your body. You're confused about what's going on. You have been an upstanding citizen. You are a freaking EMT during a freaking pandemic and I die in my house. In my pajamas. For something I didn't even do. And this happened in Louisville, Kentucky. Imagine that. Because when I heard the story, that's what I imagined. Because how many times have you been in your pajamas, uh, either going to sleep or asleep, watching TV, and you imagine hearing some commotion, and then this is it. Your life is over. And then it's like, oops, my bad. Wrong house. That's what you're going to tell somebody, mama? Okay, so we're going to wait and see how this turns out. Like, it was error. Error and somebody died. Like, people need to be held accountable. I'm telling you. Like, I'm, I'm sick of it. Let's keep going because I don't, I don't make sure everybody get their time. So we also have, um, on August 9th, 2014, Michael Brown Jr., 18 years old, was fatally shot. And uh, this happened in Ferguson, if you guys are not aware. The police officer shot 12 shots and six hit, hit Mike Brown. This goes back to, and there was a settlement, but there was no charges brought against the police officer. This goes back to, if you are an officer, if you're an officer and you listen to this, turn, turn, your, turn your speaker up. If you cannot handle the area that you are in, quit the job. If you are scared of black people, quit your job. Like if you're scared of people, switch, quit, just quit. Like it just doesn't make any sense. If, if I, as somebody who's in the military, does, does not want to go to Afghanistan, does not want to go to, go to Iraq, I need to get out. Um... Let's keep going. But yeah, this man, um, Michael Brown Jr., 18 years old, was fatally shot. 
in the back. So six shots, right? So he was hit six times. You, that means six bullets pierced his body. So even if he running away from you, he's, first the, the officer said that he was attacked by Mike Brown. Then you shot him in the back because clearly we see him laid out on the ground in the back, shot in the back. So at what point did you not shoot him in the foot, shoot him in the leg? <coughs> Excuse me. Or anything of that nature. You shot him six times to get him. I mean, I can imagine it burns when you when you're shot. So I don't know why you need six bullets to hit this man's body and to stop him. He was 18 years old. He wasn't freaking John Henry. Like, what was the problem? And then the officer that killed him was fairly young. So I guess he was nervous. But at the same time, you don't get to be nervous when it comes to people's lives. That's not the profession for you. And then that was the, and the, 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 the thing that irritates me. I just stuttered. But the thing that irritates me is that all the people that I'm naming here were hashtags. And I'm tired of hashtags. Our hashtags, currently hashtags, will always be hashtags. It's really annoying. All right. We're going to keep moving. So Ahmad Marquise Alberry, Arberry, was killed February 23rd, 2020. And it took 74 days for the people that murdered him to be arrested. This one right here blew me. This, this blew my mind. And, and people want to say that racism is dead and corruption is dead. That's a lie. These men literally murdered this man down like and like they hunted him like he was an animal. Um, and people want to say that racism and white supremacy doesn't exist. Okay. Um, murdered him down. They would never have been arrested if there wasn't video. Um, they basically, because he's a former police detective, the dad was that they just took his word for it. And they said, yeah, he was doing this. And he was, who are you, the police? You're not, if you're not currently the police officer, you should have called the police and let them know, okay, we have somebody burglarizing or he's doing stuff he ain't supposed to be doing whatever situation may be. You took it upon yourself to kill somebody? And not because he was doing anything, but because he was a black man. They were looking to hunt people. They were hunting him. And I can't even, and I think about this. I can't even imagine the thoughts that Ahmad had when these people rolled up on him. Because there, there's, there's been times where I'll be walking or running or just be outside walking around or whatever. And like, I'm very aware of my surroundings. I mean, I deployed, I'm always aware of my surroundings, but it's like, imagine just somebody coming up behind you. You don't have nowhere to run. You have nothing. You have no weapon. You have nothing. These people are pointing these weapons at you. You are very confused. And all of a sudden you feel this pain pierced through your body and they're shooting you. And you're trying to figure out what you did and you're trying to stop it. And there's no way to stop it. And then you feel the life force draining from your body and you're dying and you can't understand why. And you're only 24, about to turn 25 years old. And this, all of this is happening because you are black. No other reason. And the video went viral May 
2020. And then you, they had all these hashtags and people were, I'm running, running with the mod. Da, 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 da. Let me put something on Facebook because I don't have nothing else going on. We're in quarantine. Like, I, I'm be honest with you. I, I didn't do the whole run with a mod thing because I was like, it's more than that. Like, it, it it's different. Like, and I don't think about it as in, oh, he died. I think about this man and me being in his same space and running and somebody coming up on beside me and that fear that you feel and some these bullets piercing through your body and you don't understand why. And then you're wondering where everybody's at. Where's your mom? Like, and I could imagine he probably went running because we're in quarantine. There was nothing else to do. Because had we not been in quarantine, had we not been in this pandemic, he might have been at work. He might have been at school. He might have been doing something else. I can't even deal. And I'm, the grieving mothers on, on, on TV, and it's just like, oh, this is what happened to my son. Even from Emmett Till's mama to Trayvon Martin's mama to Mike Brown's mama. Like, I'm so tired of that, too. I'm like, I'm why do they have to go through this? Like, what are they, why this pain that's inflicted? And I just don't see any hashtags for any other races. Where are the hash? They, they are still talking about and investigating John Benet Ramsey. John Benet Ramsey died 20 years ago in Boulder, Colorado, and they still don't know what happened to her. And they're still perplexed and want to find out what happened. Because she was, that was a white family. Did the brother do it? Did the dad do it? They're going all over the place. They spend money and tons of this. But a black person dies? Um, mm. What was he doing? He shouldn't have been there. What has happened to him? Mm. Closed case. Nobody's charged. It's fine. Cool. All right. Case closed, right? And I think this one. And, and there's many more, uh, and I apologize for any of them that I get, didn't get to as far as, um, these are just ones that I just wrote down or whatever, but this one just happened, um, uh, May 25th, 2020, um, George Floyd was killed, was murdered by a police officer and the police officer kneeled on his neck for eight minutes while he was being recorded. Um, George Floyd was born. It says de- December 21st. Yeah. He was 59 years old. Um, he kneeled. When I, and that's that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about trauma and... Um, so has anybody ever seen, I know I've seen, are you, um, um, pictures of the Holocaust, pictures of them going into the, um, gas chambers and them shaving their heads and they're naked and they're, um, skinny and frail. And it's probably anybody who's Jewish, it probably, it's it very traumatic to them. It's probably very traumatic to them. Um, so for me to be a black person. I am a black person and I see this man, this, this somebody's daddy, somebody, it could be anybody. It could have been your cousin. I have so many male cousins, your daddy, your brother. I have two brothers and this white officer with white privilege decided that it was okay. And he knew 
He had to know it was okay because look at the list of all the people that have been acquitted. Look at the list of the, all the officers and all the injustice that, that has happened. So he knew that it was okay for him to put his, his knee on that man's neck and cut off his airway. Imagine having a whole man's, what do you have, like 85, 95% of his body weight on this man's neck. I can't even imagine having a man basically standing, kneeling 85% of his body weight onto your neck. So people, and that's why I talk so vividly. I try to talk so, uh, make it so real because people take the, they desensitize it like it's so desensitized they want to take it all and he nailed on his neck no imagine 85 to 95 percent of a man's body weight and all that gear he had on putting his knee on the back of your neck for eight minutes and all you can say is i can't breathe he called out for his mama he called out for his mother how many times have you called out for your mother when you was a child? That means he was put into a state where he just felt so helpless that he called out for his mother. Because usually you only call out for your mama is when you were a child. He felt so helpless. And he wasn't resisting. And, it, and it, even if he was, that warrants death. And it's, 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 it's mind-blowing how a Caucasian man can go and shoot up a church, shoot up schools, kill his girlfriend, bury her. Um, Jeffrey Dahmer can go and eat black people and cook them up and make stew out of them. And Jeffrey Dahmer was put safely into jail. I don't tell inmate killed him, but you get what I'm saying. But it was so crazy is if we had ever, if people, cause I could make a whole list of serial killers that, and, uh, mass shooters and, uh, what is it? Timothy McBay who killed all those people, killed children. And um, the bombing, if I was to make a whole list of that, people would be like, damn. But at the same time, the media never does that because then you would talk about white mass shooters and then that would be negative content on the white community, on the Caucasian people, because then they would be known to be mass shooters. We don't want to do that because that would tarnish the white reputation. But we can put everything, everything negative about black people from everything we do, how we live, um, our hair our bodies, um, how we raise our children. And people will comment and say, oh, you raised the, you raised the thug. And people will come after you in all types of ways when it comes to uh, black people. But what did they say to the mothers of the mass shooters? You raised the killer. He's a killer. He's an, an abomination to the world. Like, do we do that? No. But anytime you can, people can find a way to stick it to black folks, they will. Anytime you can find a way to tarnish our reputation, they will. Just like the whole coronavirus, it's black people doing it. It's black people got it. It's black people. But, but little do people know, and I don't get off track. And if you listen to the coronavirus, um, the COVID-19 episodes that I did, there's a part that I didn't put in there. But because we deal with so much, we deal with so much stress, we deal with anxiety and depression based on the world that we lived in. We were brought over here into the U.S., into Americas, where people never wanted us here. We deal with so much anxiety, depression, um, stress that takes a toll on our bodies. It takes a toll. When you can walk through life and have no problems and just be, oh my gosh, everything is just okay. But when you walk down the street and you have to be extra vigilant of certain things that happen, do you understand that things that happen to you mentally can take toll on you physically? And Maybe that's why we're more susceptible or maybe that's why they think or why we're most more susceptible to some diseases than others. Stress is through the roof. 
because even when I um come into work or I'm doing something, I know I have to be I have to have my gang face on. What you mean? But like I was saying, I don't want to get all the way off topic. Anyway, you anyway the media or this the world can spin it as in the black people being the villain, they will do it. I'm not here for a division. I'm not here to start no race wars or nothing like that. I'm just here for my people. Like, when are we going to stand up? Like, this is just enough is enough. Enough is enough. And I'm just, I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm really tired of it. Like when I have to call my brother and see what he's doing. And my mom's like, oh yeah, he went outside. He's exercising. Where is he exercising? This man is 29 years old and I have to take accountability for my brother because, because I don't know where he is. Like. And you know what? And and one more thing I want to add for those influencers. And I've, I've, I've had to I've had to delete some influencers off of my Instagram, because if you're a black influencer and you don't say anything about this and you don't post about this and you're not thinking about this, you are part of the problem. Because we don't have that force because we got people that want to be separate. But guess what, sweetheart? I don't care how many iced coffees you drink. I don't care how many brads you date. I don't care how many PhDs you have. You are still black. I'm sorry for you. And you know what? I feel sorry for you. And this is not for me to bash any type of black person, but I can't, I can't get behind black people that don't understand themselves. I can't get behind black people who don't want to be black. I can't get behind black people who don't understand that this is a problem. We have a problem. This is a problem. Because no matter what you have, who you're married to, if you're married to a white man, married to a white woman, it don't matter. Guess what? That don't change the color of your skin. You got PhDs and all types of stuff. It doesn't change when you get pulled over. And I'm not knocking nobody. I'm not knocking anybody. Congratulations on your achievement. But understand, believe me, understand when I say this. When you get pulled over, they don't ask, oh, are you that black guy with the PhD? Oh, okay, my bad. We're just trying to look for the ones that only got high school diplomas. We're just looking for the ones that just got GEDs. No, they're going to pull you out of the car too. So I just... It's just very, very disheartening. All these hashtags... all these hashtags and then it's becoming it's becoming way harder for them to justify it because it used to be well what were they doing what were they doing we've had about three or four that i can call i can recall my myself where they were just chilling at home they were at home the man was at home eating ice cream on his couch and was murdered the woman that murdered him the police officer that murdered him got 10 years so she will be a murderer but then she will go ahead and come out after 10 years then they'll probably get her on good behavior because she's a white woman. And then that'll be that. But he'll still be dead. That's cool. That 
that is cool. Or we could talk about the guy who killed the black man that killed the dog and got 25 years because they say it was a police officer. I mean, I understand it's a police officer, but it's a dog. And he got 25 years for killing a dog. Cool. That's cool. I just don't know. You know what? We're going to go ahead and take a break. I'm going to be right back because... I need a moment. I need a moment. Go ahead and enjoy this commercial break. We'll be back. the commercial break and I just had to get get myself um, together but um yeah something has to happen like and I I can see the rioting in uh, Minneapolis um, people are pissed they're mad like they was we're just mad like people are mad like what else can you say? What else can you do? You just see me go down the list. That's not even, that's just, what was that, like four or five people, six people that have been murdered and the injustices, the injustices of America. People are, it's just, it's, it's enough. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm tired of the hashtags. And then we get rowdy for a second and then everybody's posting it, hashtag this person say their name, blah, 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 but nothing ever happens. So then people don't believe that there's any consequences. And then when Caucasian people or other people say all, all lives matter, we're, we're not saying that your life doesn't matter. They, we understand that Caucasian lives matter, but people don't seem to understand that black lives matter. That's the issue. And then every time something happens, they want to be like, oh, we're not being inclusive. What do you mean? We've been excluded since the, the, the uh, dawn of time. So... Because we now we standing up feeling ourselves like we feel like we have something to say about ourselves. It becomes an issue. Like. It's just ridiculous. You don't see Brad and Tiffany and them and Caucasian people getting killed and nobody does anything about it. That's not happening. It, once that happens, we'll say all lives matter. We'll say white lives matter. But that's not happening. Black people are being killed and no one cares the, there's always a loophole or there's some type of injustice. Like when you get 10 years for murdering somebody, that's an injustice. Or when somebody can commit a uh, grand theft auto, a black, a black man can do it and then a white man can do it and the black man gets 15 to 20 years and then the white man gets two to five. That's the injustices, the, the ridiculousness of it. But then again, they didn't, the, the reality of it is that White people, Caucasian people didn't bring us over here for us to be free or have equal rights. They brought us over here to work. And because that didn't work out too well for them and they brought us over here to be servants and, 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 and basically enslave us. And this, since that didn't work out, what can we do with these people that we brought over here? Because at first they wanted, to, they, they bred us and made sure that we were having children and reproducing so they had more property because that's how they saw us. 
Now they're like, what the hell? There's a lot of them. What do we do with this? We try to exterminate them. That's how they see us. They try to dismantle them. They want to get rid of us. We were never meant to be over here to have free, equal rights. We were never meant to be over here and be be seen as equals. And that's just the bottom line. And that's been that's been seen when you talk about gentrification, when you talk about uh, school systems and uh, where tax dollars go, what neighborhoods get certain things, what schools get certain books. But that's it's all a setup so we can be in the lower class or so they can exterminate us. That's why some people are afforded some opportunities that others aren't as far as bank loans and all the things all the above. That's why we are um, discriminated against. Even if you're walking into your own apartment building, do you really live here? How can you live here as a black person? How can you live in this neighborhood? That is how it's seen because we put you guys over here in this neighborhood. How dare you get enough money to move into my neighborhood? So when you have the perfect patties and all them that want to call the police, that is what they're saying. Didn't we put you over there? Why are you over here? So the system was never created to treat us fair. It was never created for us to be, we were supposed to be enslaved until the dawn of time. And there's people that still believe that. Like all this that we're doing here, even any of the, the movements that we made, that was never supposed to be the plan from the beginning. So basically keep that in mind when you maneuver and it's just that's just what it is. Um, I just, I don't even know. I, I don't, I don't even know. And I don't, I'm not really trying to create another episode about this, but I don't know where we're going to go from here. And we don't have the type of leaders that we used to have. And then it's like, are you a Malcolm? Are you, are you a Malcolm? Or are you a Martin? You know what I'm saying? Like at this point, everybody's also Malcolm type stuff, like tired, sick and tired of being sick and tired like sick and tired of this so it's just where we are right now I don't even know it's just where we are and to be honest I feel like there's white supremacists hiding in, in, in every way as far as you know that goes because I, I refuse to believe that they had this much of the clan and then all of a sudden the clan it's like it's underground it's dispersed um like i don't think so i think the clan is everywhere i think the clan is in the police department i think the clan is in the doctor's offices i think the clan is wherever you go it's just they're hiding i, I hate to say that and I, I might get some backlash by saying that but that's the truth i they didn't just up and disappear. Just because we don't see them don't mean they don't see us. So be aware. Like, it's just very, just very, it's, it's just a headache. It's very unfortunate. It's mind blowing that we're in 2020. But like I said, we didn't come over. They didn't bring us over here to have be equal to them. They didn't bring us over here for us to have equal rights. They brought us over here to work. 
They brought us over here as property. How is it that my property now has all these rights? Like, we've come far, but we got to understand what the situation was from the jump. I just, I don't know. It's just very, just, I just can't. And I hope that somebody listened to this episode and really um, takes key to what I'm saying or feel some type of way, you learn something new, any type of thing. I don't even care. Share this episode with somebody that doesn't understand. Um, share this per- share this episode with maybe somebody who is not uh, Black or African-American so they can understand. Maybe they don't understand. Um, I hope I conveyed my points properly. And I hope you understand what I'm talking about when I'm talking about um, the way we feel about ourselves on the outside affects the inside and the way we um, carry ourselves and the way we feel about ourselves. Because if somebody could tell you all day long that you're ugly, 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 you have so many people telling you that you're ugly, 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 you don't fit in, you're ugly. How can you have, and it, it and it's become a society, it's propaganda that is trying to mentally enslave us and have us believe this so when you have somebody telling you that you're ugly on the smallest things you don't have enough power you don't have enough force within yourself to stand up for the injustices you just want to move along and get along your self-esteem has been hit so hard that is what i'm talking about if you listen to the, the first segment when i'm talking about outward appearance outward appearance affects how you feel in the inside it affects how you move it affects what you believe Just so everybody understands what I'm saying. So I just I I hope that something comes uh hope that something comes out of this. I hope that justice they get justice for Brianna Brianna Taylor and um George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery. And I hope there's justice for them. I hope people don't get acquitted. I hope there's no settlements because there's not enough there's not enough money in the world. I'm telling you, like I'm not trying to bring nothing into the light, but there's not if I have too many male cousins, I have too many cousins in general. There's not enough money in the world that can make it okay for you to just do what you did. And I'm not saying that they, um, I'm not trying to bash the families, but oh no, oh no. I want, when I, when I, when I feel some type of way and I'm not trying to say, um, anything about violence but i will use the system the justice system and your your grand generations after you will feel what i've done to you and i'm not talking about violence i'm talking about using the justice system somebody will pay for what they have done to my family members ain't enough money in the world and that's not me knocking the families that took money or made a settlement that's not what i'm doing but what i'm saying is that wouldn't be enough for me and maybe it's not enough for them i don't want to judge them because i don't know their status but I just, me personally, I just, I don't know. I would have to go. I don't even know where I would have to go, but I would have to go. <laughs> like, I would, I would just be too through. So, uh, but like I said, I just hope somebody took something from this, um, opened their eyes about this. No more hashtags. No more moving along to get along. No more just, oh, it happened and we just going to push through. And I'm tired of that. Like, I'm so tired of that. We're the only ones we just got to push through. And then on top of that, we can't even be quiet. Like, there's situations where um, Chinese Americans and, um, you know, people from 
Arab countries and stuff like that, and they're discriminated against, but they move along and get along and try to keep the peace. We don't even have that option because this black and white thing been going on forever. You know what I'm saying? This thing been going on forever. We don't even have the option to just lay low and just be cool about a situation because it's, it's quiet as kept. I feel like Asian American, Chinese Americans didn't feel any type of injustice until this whole coronavirus thing popped off and they said it came from Wuhan. You know what I'm saying? I don't know the full, I don't know everybody, every Asian American, Chinese Americans experience, but I feel like we always on the, on the chopping block all the time. We don't even get the opportunity to lay low because you just being black in America is a problem. You don't get the opportunity to just get moved by and get a buy. Like you don't have that. And I'm sure there's been hate crimes that beginning that have um been towards Muslim Americans, uh or Muslims and Asian Americans and Chinese Americans, whatever you want to call it. I'm sure there's been hate crimes against them, but it's just like the magnitude of the stuff that's happening to African American people is just mind blowing. And the fact that nobody, there's no justice for it, that's just mind-blowing. And not to mention, we don't have nobody backing us. Because if you are come from an Arab country, a Muslim country, whatever situation may be, or you're from uh, a Chinese-American, Asian-American, whatever you want to call it, you have somebody, you have a home to go to. You have somebody who's going to back you, whether you're from Pakistan or you're from Afghani, Af- uh, Afghanistan, Iraq, whatever the situation may be, you have a place to go home to. You have people that are going to back you. You know what I'm saying? Even if you're from China, you have you can go back to China. China's gonna back you. America does so much business with China, they don't want no beef, really. We don't really want to do that. But us as black people, we just was picked up and dropped off. And yeah, they say we're from African American descent, but we're so um detached from our culture. Like I don't even know all I know is slave culture, honestly. All I know is slave traditions. So I know I just went on a little rant, but I just had to let that out. So and I would love to one day go to like, I want to go to Ghana. I want to go and see what what's what. But we are so removed from where we come from. We're just like the bald head stepchild. We don't belong anywhere. But you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and close this episode out. This is Black Girl Coffee Shop where we sip coffee and not tea. Um, go ahead and follow me on IG at Black Girl Coffee Shop Podcast, or you can follow my personal page at Thick Fit Chick One. Um, my bad. I know I have been put out as much content. You know, situations. You know, have been crazy. I do have another episode that's coming that's going to be really good. Um, I appreciate all anybody who listened, follow, subscribe, any of that. I appreciate if you listen to one episode, you listen to all episodes. It's greatly appreciated. This is therapeutic for me if there's any podcasters that would like to do a collaboration don't be afraid to hit me up whether it's on ig or uh anchor app it's all good i'm always down to do a collab um appreciate you guys and until next time peace